changing up my typical hello and welcome to the Bullcast Podcast. I'm Katie Pickler, and with me is Court Winsett. Mm, hello, Katie. And Cameron Spann. Aloha back to you. Aloha. This episode's kind of a tough one, but we felt like it was a very important topic to discuss. Mm. Um, if you remember back, it's I guess it's been over a year now, we had the opportunity to go to Maui and present to the Maui United Way and really work with the great people over there on different ways they can get involved in their community. And so we really fell in love with the culture while we were there. And we're still really good friends with our Maui United Way people and they're hurting right now. And I know this probably should not be news to many of you. If you've watched any of the news lately, then there's been a lot of devastation happening. And so this is kind of a little different episode for us. We wanted to talk about what happened and what you can do to help out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our listeners may recall in March of 2022, right? Yeah. We mm-hmm. we went down to Maui and we actually recorded a little snippet for that episode. I think it was Aloha or something Maui style. I can't remember that. Yeah. We were, I mean, we were in the middle of a luau, so I mean, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, we, we, we recorded it w- overlooking the Pacific Ocean and the waves crashing in. And yeah. Yeah. Maui's fresh on our minds. I mean, we were actually supposed to be there at the end of this week. Yeah, mm-hmm. we were supposed to present about um, planned giving and estate planning and really just, again, trying to help them out. But now it's pivoted and we've got a different reason. And kind of the reason to bring this up is we want to talk about Maui and talk about different ways you can get involved. But it's kind of one of those when disasters happen, a lot of people... People don't know how to help. And, you know, if it's not in your backyard, then you can't physically go and help. So what is the best thing for you to do? And it kind of goes into building with your budgets and stuff, because obviously you can't plan for disaster. But if you are a caring soul, then how do you know where's the best place to donate or where to help out somebody. And so this is just kind of what this episode is going to be. Yeah, our team was, I think a few members were chomping at the bit to go help. I mean, to, yeah. <laughs> to pivot from speaking to helping clean up. But I don't think that's helpful because there are mm-hmm. so many people displaced. How would that look if we were to take hotel rooms or yeah. a VRBO room? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the most helpful thing for us is to sit tight. Yeah. Yeah, so I know we're kind of didn't discuss it, but they just had a ginormous wildfire that happened, utter destruction. It is one of the deadliest U.S. wildfires in more than 100 years. Cam, you said people displaced. Over 11,000 people are displaced Mm -hmm. as of this update about four hours ago. At least 114 people have died, at least 20 non-fatal injuries, and there's still 850 people missing But I mean, these crews are trying to work through the rubble, trying to find people, but the number of people who jumped into the ocean and, and it could be that there may be some of these people that are alive, but they are transplanted to different parts of the island. I mean, it's, it's absolutely terrible. Yeah, and for our listeners familiar with the the geography of Maui, the, the two places that got hit hardest were Lahaina and Kula. Mm-hmm. I was reading about this. So Lahaina is kind of at the foot of this mountain or this tall hill. In the disaster plans for the county of Maui, that is targeted as one of the areas that could be hit hardest by a fire because the, the wind is whipping down off that mountain and mm-hmm. it's really dry. And it happened. Yes. When I was first trying to find information out about what was going on there, it was a day after the fires had started. And so I'm looking for updates on what's happened to areas. Um, for instance, when we were planning on going, we were supposed to stay in Lahaina. So mm-hmm. I was I was trying to find out what had happened to Lahaina. And all of the updates that I was seeing 
were saying, you know, they've lowered the alert level. It appears that the fire will go out before it reaches Lahaina and things like that. And I was thinking, what? I thought it, it had hit Lahaina. And it turns out the updates that I was reading were updates from the previous day. Oh. So they actually thought that they had, at some point during that previous day, they thought that it had not impacted as badly as it could have and that the fire was going to die off and that it wasn't going to hit well, it ended up, I guess, picking back up and ravaging Lahaina. I mean, Lahaina is basically, it's, 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 as I understand it, it is basically gone now. Yeah, there's over 2,200 structures and buildings gone at this point, and at least 3,200 acres are affected. Property damages of over $5.5 billion. Mm-hmm. You think about the hurricane was going on yeah. nearby, Hurricane Dora. And so it was the wildfires with dry, gusty conditions created by strong, high-pressure areas north of Hawaii. It was just this combination that just happened. And I was looking at pictures, and I was talking to somebody, and I was like, it's crazy because, you know, there's like one structure that survived, like this house. And everybody's like, how did this happen? And it's almost like a fire moves kind of sporadically like a tornado in the sense that the embers that it's offshooting is then that's what's then causing all these different fires because Mm -hmm. it's one thing maybe burning, but it's shooting embers over here, which then catches a roof on fire, which then it just keeps spreading like crazy. And, you know, there's been a lot of backlash because, of course, when you step outside of the situation and you look into it, there's been a lot of criticism. And why didn't the officials sound the alarm? Why didn't they do this? Well, apparently the alarm that they have is for a tsunami. Mm -hmm. And tsunami training is you go up. Yeah. And, and so, so they would have been, if they had sounded the alarm, people would have been going into the wildfire. They yeah. would have been literally going up the hill into where the wildfire was coming from. And I'm now, for whatever reason, noticing just exactly how thick my Southern accent is when I said fire. <laughs> fire. Fire. Wildfire. <laughs> so, I mean, it was absolutely tragic. They are still trying to go through everything. This is going to take that entire community okay, so, years and years. Yeah, obviously the recovery work started, the recovery effort started while the fire was still burning. Yes. We were talking about recovery efforts while things were still on fire. And obviously it will be ongoing and it will be ongoing for a while. Uh, it has been designated a federal disaster area. Mm-hmm. Uh, it uh, obviously, our friends at Maui United Way are, are leading up a, a drive to raise funds and to distribute funds to people who have been affected by the fires. Yeah, because um, it's Maui United Way. And I know a lot of people have probably heard of United Way. Way. Like your mm-hmm. company may have that option. Um, I just want to paint the picture that there are a lot of like, you know, you have Southern culture, you have Northern culture, you have cultures in everywhere you live. But Hawaii, Maui, like their culture is unlike any other culture that I know. Okay, so Maui United Way, because yes, United Way is a national organization, mm-hmm. but each different area has their own and they all do a little bit different things. So Maui United Way is to address Maui's most vital needs through the impact areas of education, income, and health. Their goal is to bring people, organizations, and their communities together around a common goal, a common vision, and a common path forward. So like when we were supposed to go, we were going to go and present to them about estate planning and kind of plan giving. But we also were actually going to help with a fishing tournament that was raising funds for a different organization to make an impact in Maui because They're very big on taking care of their own, and it's absolutely beautiful, their culture. So all donations that my United Way is looking at right now 
will directly provide relief to families and nonprofits that are directly affected by the Maui fire disaster. And, you know, at the end of this, we're going to kind of talk about how you could donate if you felt like you wanted to give to Maui United Way. Mm -hmm. But one of the things that... You know, anything with Hawaii, you go, aloha. Um, there's a much deeper meaning to aloha than just like, hey, that's just what you say when you go to Hawaii or you talk about something like that. And so to improve understanding of aloha, we turn to the teachings of... I'll tell you what, I have no shame, so I'll try and say it. Uh, and I apologize if I'm getting it wrong, as always. Auntie Palahipaki. Yes, uh, shout out to our uh, Maui friends. Uh, we apologize if we butcher any of these pronunciations, mm-hmm. but here we go. Okay, so... The understanding of aloha. So aloha spelled A-L-O-H-A, right? Mm-hmm. So each letter is assigned a meaning. A. Akahai. Grace and kindness. L. Lokahi. Unbroken or unified. O. Olu Olu. Pleasant, gentleness. H. Aha aha. Humble, empty. And A. Ahonui. Patient, waiting for the moment. Mm. Again, I apologize if I mispronounced any of those. So when you say aloha, you're thinking of grace, kindness, unbroken, pleasant, empty, humble, patient, waiting for the moment. It goes way beyond hello and goodbye. It's more spiritual. Yeah, it really is very spiritual. And I mean, it's not to pop culturize it, but like you think about like Mohana and, you know, everything that goes into that culture and that it's really is it's very much loving the earth loving where you are and their earth is hurting their land is hurting because of this fire so the recovery their recovery is still going on obviously mm-hmm. court as you said the federal emergency management agency is involved so the fires have also raised awareness of a need to take steps to prevent wildfires in the future mm-hmm. Obviously, we talked about like their acts of how they can alert people to this, that this is possibly a thing that we need to prepare people. It could happen. Yeah. I mean, wildfires have been certainly more prominently exposed, publicized, however you want to say it. In the last few years, you've had California fires. You've had uh, this year, there have been a lot of fires that have been talked about up in in Canada. So it's it's something that obviously is not going away anytime soon. And I, I feel like I am hearing more about wildfires going on on a more regular and prolonged basis than I remember happening in the past. And I'm not necessarily talking about what the cause of that is. I don't know what the cause of that is, but certainly it seems like it's something that we need to have uh, plans in place for addressing it in the future. Emergency plans, evacuation plans, prevention plans. uh, What can we do to uh, stop these things from happening again? And if they do continue to happen over and over again, how can we make sure that people, especially the people, are, are kept safe? But as much as possible that we also prevent property destruction and all the other things that come from the ravages of a wildfire. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, we're not here to go political. I mean, everybody's sitting here thinking it global warming could mm-hmm. be at everything. But we know part of the problem was non-native grasses to Hawaii are what caught a blaze. Mm-hmm. That's what they say. So you can get political with that, too. Regardless of how we analyze it, it happened. We need to try and figure out how we can help, how we can try and make a difference. And yes, do analyze it to figure out how can we avoid it happening. Mm-hmm in the future. Um, I found it interesting because obviously, you know, our trip got canceled because we knew that the benefit that we could help them was not being there, but maybe like sharing the message with people we know about, hey, this is how you can get involved. This is how you can help. Mm. Uh, I saw it was interesting because there's an article in The New Yorker talking about a tourist group that was snorkeling really close by where the fires were and Mm -hmm. being publicly shamed. And then the message went across Twitter and everywhere saying Maui is closed. 
well, it's now been having to tweak because while Lahaina is definitely hurting, Maui, they're hurting right now and they need people to come down there and be tourists and Mm. come and be a part of that and still contribute. So it's kind of a hard thing because they're counting on that income coming in from tourism. And so I think they've now changed the hashtag and it doesn't say Maui is closed. It says Lahaina is closed because I think on other parts, other parts of Hawaii, definitely they still need the tourism income coming in, which then can in turn help make sure these people that are displaced from their work, they can find work other places. Mm-hmm. It's such a hard spot because it's like, how do you help? It's like, well, we don't want everybody flooding the Maui trying to help and be boots on the ground or to go and be a tourist because that just feels kind of weird. But it's obviously 2,200 buildings. Those were restaurants. Those were yeah. bars. Those were hotels. Those were all different places. Shops. Shops. I mean, every, we, we spent Everything. a lot of time in Lahaina when we were there last. And I mean, that's where, for instance, Mick Fleetwood's was. And that's, yeah. uh, that's where you could get the, the Dole Whip. Yeah, the Dole, the Dole Whip. Yeah, that was, had a line out the door. And yeah. so they are now all those places, those people, if they were okay and they made it, like number one, they don't have a job anymore. Mm -hmm. Their company's been taken out. They've got to think about their household. They're paying bills. It's One of the things that kind of struck me is the whole thing obviously is terrible. And I'm not saying any one thing is more or less terrible than the rest of it, but it it really, for whatever reason, broke my heart to hear that the banyan tree had burnt up. They're trying to save it, I think. Are they? What I saw is they've got tree experts in there and they're trying to salvage it and really try and remove the burned part of it and try mm. and get it to stay alive. Mm. But yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, is because talking about foreign grass and stuff being over there, that's a tree that's been there for a very long time. Forever. It's, a, it's yeah. the, the tree was placed there in 1873. Mm-hmm. And if you guys haven't seen an image of it online, it's not just it's like a giant oak tree. It is sprawling for yeah. maybe an entire city block, it oh. seems like. Low-hanging branches that you could climb. You know, they go they're really in and out of the ground. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's enormous. It's amazing. I've never seen anything like it. But I did read that, Katie. It made me happy that there is a chance that it could be saved. No, that's that's wonderful. That's great. And I mean, you just think about the, you know, around here, if something happens, then we've got places far off that we could take the rubble and displace it somewhere else. This is an island. It's a lot harder to then just like, let's remove all that stuff. You've got all those burned vehicles, all this rubble, all this thing. So as they're trying to find people, trying to do things, it's not that they're just being slow. They're having to try and move this stuff and find where to put it to get it out of the way to then clear an area. They can't just have all these big dump trucks show up and then go dump it somewhere because then that's where they're going to dump it. Where did the dump trucks come from? Yeah. I mean, you know... (laughs) I'm sure they they have construction equipment and dump trucks and stuff like that on the island, but it's in limited supply. And if they need more, where are those more going to come from? Anything that they need has to be shipped in, basically. So yeah. how do we help? How do we help? So uh, Maui United Way is obviously a good friend of ours. They are doing a donation campaign. You can go to their website, MauiUnitedWay.org slash disaster relief. Mm-hmm. And there's also another way. Uh, I've made it pretty easy on our website. Just go to PicklerWealthAdvisors.com and a little red banner on the homepage at the very top will get you right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So obviously, you know, we are a financial podcast. Don't cash in your your 401ks or something like that to do this. But if you do have a little bit that you're willing to help, then absolutely consider contributing. Because even if it's, you know, a couple of bucks, it really does make a difference. So don't feel like because you don't have millions of dollars to give that you can't be at the level of like Mick Fleetwood and some of them that are giving so much. 
it really does help and make a difference. Well, and, and if you have, for instance, um, maybe not cash, but maybe you have some stock that you've been sitting on that you didn't want to sell because it was highly appreciated. Yeah. If you had, you know, stock that you bought at a dollar and it's worth a thousand dollars now, you may just be sitting on it going, well, I don't want to pay taxes on that capital gains. You could potentially gift that stock to mm-hmm. to a charitable organization like Maui United Way, and uh, you're not going to have to worry about the capital gains on that. So, you know, that's that's another that's thing. another option. Volunteer your time. Now, obviously, again, we talked about like how we would have loved to go down there and really be boots on the ground helping, but it's a limit of wanting to have people down there that actually have a place to stay. Mm-hmm. And so you can volunteer over here and it may be doing drives of trying to get products to send over there or, you know, different things like that, but also bringing awareness to it and spreading the word. And I know in this day and age, it's very easy to just click a link and then share it real quick, but do spend a couple of seconds looking at it, making sure it's actually reliable source and yeah. it's a good information and it's not just clickbait. But I mean, that's something that you can really look at and, you know, be patient and understanding the recovery from Maui fires is going to take some time. You know, there's going to be lots of organization, lots of people being involved in that they're doing the best, but these people are really trying to rebuild their lives and really keep the culture and integrity of Aloha. Yeah. They really are. I mean, here's a here's a perfect example. Obviously, we had a lot of moving parts to, to our trip that was upcoming, right? Mm-hmm. And so we're hearing about all of this going on, and we know that the chances are good that if disaster carries out the way they're projecting it possibly could, that our trip is going to end up being canceled. But that's not the first thing that's on somebody who's in Maui, that's not what's on their mind Mm-mm. at that time. We're thousands of miles away and we're sitting here going, okay, what do we do? And then when we finally do try to decide that we're, okay, we're definitely canceling the trip, well, we've got to cancel our flights, cancel our reservations and so forth. But again, we're dealing with people that might be live on the ground in Maui that we have a reservation with. And so you're kind of going like, hey, I need to get this canceled, but Obviously, you may have other things going on, and so you've got to try and strike that proper balance and make sure that you're being respectful of what else is going on in their life. Mm-hmm. The same way, if you're if you're eager to help, obviously, they're probably eager to receive your help, but uh, understand that there is a lot uh, going on over there, and so they may just need you to respect that, that a lot is going on and, and make sure that you're being a help and not a, a hindrance. Yes, we're talking about Maui, but the thing is also, I know, like a hurricane's hitting California and flooding and lots of destruction with that. There's always going to be some kind of disaster that is going to be happening. And so we wanted to take this opportunity to, yes, talk about Maui and what's going on there and how you can get involved, but really to also help you avoid scammers and kind of give you some tips and tricks on what you can do, whether it's you want to contribute to Maui or to California, or if your community has a a church that catches on fire or whatever it could be, because there's always going to be something that you want to get involved with and help. And knowing that there are multiple options, whether it's volunteering your time, helping spread the message, donating money or donating, you know, stocks as court talked about, And so how do you make sure you're actually doing it the right way and that you're not getting scammed into it? Because my mom told me a horror story years and years ago. There was bad tornadoes that came through the Germantown area and the schools collected children's clothing and like collected toiletries, everything possible that somebody would need because they've just lost their home. 
and a truck came in and picked up all the donations and they drove that truck to Nashville and it did not go to benefit the local people. And it was, it was an organization that seemed very reputable. So was there a disaster in Nashville too, or did they just take the stuff? And I mean, that's crazy. (laughs) It was a little political. It was that they felt Germantown was a wealthier community and they could bounce back quicker. Yeah. So there was some sort of disaster. They, they didn't just take it and, and abscond with the donations. They took it to go donate to other people, yes, that, but... That presumably had been victims of... Something else, I guess. Storm, Maybe other storms. A similar storm system or something that but, had gone through yeah. Nashville at the same time. Interesting. I had not heard that. It was a... It's a pretty bigger organization. And so while, yes, they were getting donations, it was kind of shady the way that these people thought they were going to help their neighbors. And mm-hmm. it was really going into a pool. And so that's kind of a thing that they they were doing the correct thing. They were telling people, hey, these are donations. This is for people in need. But in that sense, they didn't know that it was not going directly to the people they need. So If you choose to give your hard-earned money or time or donations, any kind of thing, do a little bit of research on the front end. Make sure it is a reliable organization. Make sure you ask those questions. I worked in a nonprofit for seven years, and I had people all the time that would say, I want to donate, but I want to make sure it stays here. Or I want to donate, but I do not believe in stem cell or I don't believe in this. There are ways that organizations can pull your funds to go a certain direction and to not have anything to do with other things. Like we would have the money had to go 100% to research, no administrative costs, no expenses could be coming out of this donation. There are ways to do that, but I do want to be clear that there are certain rules that apply to the way that that money can be given in terms of disaster relief and what the IRS requires in terms of money that is received or given in, in terms of of disaster relief. You can't necessarily designate a specific group of, of people. It yes. has to be just broadly, generally victims of the disaster, people that were actually impacted by whatever disaster it is you're trying to help. They have to be the ones that are the recipients. So right now, what we're looking at is a situation where if you donate, you're donating basically to a general fund to mm-hmm. help the disaster victims of of the Maui wildfires. Yeah. And then you, they'll split off who yeah, needs they're it. They're going to determine where those funds go. Yeah. So what you're doing with this is you're entrusting in Maui United Way, if you chose to donate to them, you're entrusting in their mission their fiduciary responsibility to then disperse the funds to those in need. Yeah, their website says 100% of the donations to Maui United Way stay in Hawaii. Yeah. So then you know that you're helping people in Hawaii mm. with this. You know, and that's that's the thing is, but you're allowed to ask those questions and ask before you donate where this money is going to go. So, yes, you can't say, I want to give to you, Maui United Way, but I want to make sure you only help Mick Fleetwood's restaurant. You mm. can't say that. Yeah. If, if you want to help that, you call Mick Fleetwood and say, here, Mick, here's some money. And Mick would probably tell you, nah, nah I'm good. You know. <laughs> so only donate to reputable organizations. Duh. Organizations you're familiar with or that have been vetted by a legitimate charity watchdog group. Be wary of unsolicited offers because it's, again, like with this day and age, there's so many phishing things out there. There's so many things that look real. Mm-hmm. Don't click on links in emails or text messages. Yeah, Scammers often send emails or texts that contain links that when you click, it'll take it to a fake website that looks legitimate. Don't click any of those links at all. Even if it's even if it looks like it's coming from somebody, you know, Uh, you know, if you if you didn't specifically if somebody didn't call you and tell you, hey, I'm going to send you a link and you can click on that link. If you weren't expecting it, if it was just an email or a text message that you received that had a link in it, don't click it. And it's awful that 
disasters like this do pop up those people that are taking advantage of the situation and they'll say, oh, we're giving money to Maui. We're doing this. And overnight they'll pop up Instagrams and Facebooks and Twitters and it's all fake. And it's somebody who's taking this money. And it's using a shame it. that, that that is true. You're you're right. That, that does happen. But it's, it's a shame that so many people have been burned by organizations or by fraudsters that do that so frequently now that, that there's almost like an assumption that if someone is trying to do good and legitimate wants to help and is trying to do the right thing, that we almost automatically have a suspicion of them and like, well, I've never heard of you before. What are yeah. you doing? So um, obviously there are people out there with a good heart that are trying to do things right. But, you know, unless you are familiar with the organization or familiar with the person that's trying to, to make a difference, you probably need to be wary at least, I think. And I would say even if it's somebody that seems reputable, just protect yourself a little bit further and use a credit card if you're doing an online contribution, because then that way, if it was to be fake or if there was any kind of issue with scamming, then you can protect yourself. You call the credit card company and be like, hey, I made this donation here. I guess somebody got my credit card number from this versus you using your debit card or your bank account or something like that, that then they could get access to your bank account. Really across the board, I try and tell people use a credit card when you're online because these hackers are so smart and it is sad that you can't trust any of that. I, I saw an email the other day that said the difference of how an A looked, that the two websites looked identical, except one A was kind of the circle and the line and the other one was kind of the more like fancier little yeah. like swoop-de-doo A. Uh, one A was the type that you learn to, to write when you're a child learning how to write a lowercase A and yeah. the other one was the the little whippity at the, the top. The whippity doo Whippity doo da. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it, and it sucks that it's come to that. But that's why, again, I say double protect yourself and put a credit card when you're doing these things just to, but obviously build into your budget. Don't just like get a bad credit card debt going on because you've donated to everybody under the sun. But yeah. There are a lot of people out there that need our help right now. So obviously we don't want to discourage anybody who wants to help. It's just a matter of making sure that uh, you yourself personally are not taken advantage of while trying to help and that you're also helping in a way that will make a, um, difference. make a difference, benefit the most people and not be a hindrance to whatever relief efforts are going on. Cam, give us that website again on or the ways that they can donate to Maui. Yeah, it's uh, MauiUnitedWay.org forward slash disaster relief mm -hmm. or PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. Perfect. Well, our hearts are definitely going out to everyone in Maui and just whatever we can do to help. You know, we're thinking about them. I uh, appreciate y'all listening to this episode and finding out how you can get involved and help out and how, again, even, you know, a couple bucks makes a huge difference when you're looking at this community trying to rebuild and really kind of bring itself back to the historical, beautiful place that we all love to go visit and be a part of. People of Maui are beautiful, and uh, I don't say that lightly. When we went to visit last year, I, we felt like family mm -hmm. from the moment we landed at the airport. So our hearts really do go out to them. Ladies and gentlemen, we have made it to the end of this particular episode of the Bullcast podcast. Um, hopefully you found this information helpful and uh, you will use it to, to benefit the people uh, of Maui or anybody else that needs your assistance out there. Um, if you'd like to find out more about us and how we, uh, how we operate, what it is we normally do, uh, please feel free to go to our website. That website is bullcastpodcast.com. Um, if you'd like to hear uh, more of our podcast, then we uh, we have, oh gosh, like 160-something episodes now. Uh, they're all available on your favorite subscription service, so you can go there and sign up to have this uh, podcast beamed directly to your listening device every single Thursday at noon. 
Uh, if you'd like to uh, contact us or, uh, you know, reach out to us on social media, we have all the social media feeds. Uh, Instagram is at Bullcast Podcast. X is at Bullcast Podcast. Facebook is Bullcast The Podcast. That's our page. And uh, you can you can reach us there, see pictures there. Uh, and, and then finally, obviously, uh, we do work for a place called Pickler Wealth Advisors. And if you'd like to find out more about our organization and what we can do for you uh, and find out about our team, our amazing team and our boss, David Pickler, then please feel free to go to that website. That is PicklerWealthAdvisors.com. That's advisors with an O. Not an E. Ladies and gentlemen, we've given you a lot of information, a lot of ways to help. So for now, go forth and do what you can. I am Court. I'm Katie. I'm Cam. Mahalo. Mahalo.